Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Somebody said the hour of prayer. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was scary, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who enter the temple. We've seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Of course, you know, this is a series we started yesterday. And I mean, text has been Psalms Psalm chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, and Psalm 24. So Psalm chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. <clears throat> Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cry unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Psalm 24, verse 6. Through ten, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gate, be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gate. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Let's stand up one more time if you can. Glory be to God. And raise both of your hands towards heaven. Thank you. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you. I boldly declare that I believe in the supernatural. I believe in miracles. This evening, Lord, I ask you to give me eyes to see ears to hear, a heart to receive, a will to obey, and faith to act. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take my position in Christ, and I take authority over every spirit that does not confess the name of Jesus. I command them to leave this place, and I declare that this place is an open heaven. The Spirit of God is free to move. The angels of God are ascending and descending. They are going to and fro to execute the commands of God's word. Preach Holy Spirit. Teach Holy Spirit. Prophesy Holy Spirit. Heal the sick God. Do what only you can do. And take all the glory in the matchless name of Jesus. Can you burn with a shout and say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Um, (laughs) The last three years, literally, uh, the body of Christ, America and the world at large have taken a beating. Uh, We've been going through a pandemic. 
unless you've been un living under a rock, you may not have noticed that. And life has been changed, you know, in the way we used to do it. And this has been a very difficult time for people around the world. I was in Oxford a couple of weeks ago, you know, speaking there in the UK. And, uh, you know, I heard about a church that, you know, they started a build, building project before the pandemic and pandemic hate and they lost everything. The church is completely shut down now. That's just one of those realities. Um, I can talk to you about, you know, losing loved ones and friends. And it's been a devastating season for the body of Christ and for people at large. You know, I lost my pastor. I've been in the same church for the last 23 and a half years. And I was very close with my pastor. We spoke every three, every, every two and a half weeks. And, you know, we lost him in, in December. It was a very uh, challenging time for our church and for myself. I had to fly home, you know, from Germany. I had to struggle with, with the air flight just a weekend before Christmas to come and, you know, speak at our church and, 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 and speak at a funeral. It was very challenging. We're still we're transitioning through that right now. Thank God. It, God's hand is on the church. Things are going well. But I'm just saying, and I remember after I struggled to come home and to the travel and, and when people saw me, the emotions of the moment at church and, and speaking at the funeral. And, and then I, was, I came home for like three days and I was going to get back on a plane to fly to Belgium to be with, you know, my family, my, my wife's family and spend Christmas over there. And, 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 you know, in our family, so you know, you know. I'm I'm a, I'm the energy bunny. I mean, I can go back to I can go to sleep at three o'clock in the morning and at six a.m. I'll be up singing already. I don't need a lot of sleep to function. You understand me? So I'm the kind of guy I get up early in the morning. You know, do my throne room activities and all those kinds of things. I remember after the funeral was over, I, it was it was about one o'clock and I was still in bed when my wife called. She said, "Are you okay?" But I was just drained. And I was in a low place. You understand me? And I, I, actually, I had to begin to speak to myself. Self, get up. Take your shower. Put on your clothes. And then I, I got on. I was able to do everything that I did and flew out of the country the next, day, the next morning. What I'm saying, there could be moments in your life where you feel like you're being pushed down a hill. I know the alternative is sometimes life goes on full cylinder. Everything is happy and dandy. But you can, life can drop you in a spot. And folks, depression, discouragement, emotional things, those are real things. Just because we're in faith, that doesn't mean that we don't go through those things. And I kind of feel like the body of Christ has been in a low place for the last two and a half to three years. Hello? And people have been hanging their heads down. With everything that is going on with the economy, the inflation, the price of gas is going up, the money is shrinking, the jobs are ending, the prices are rising on a certain future, people are in a low place. And listen, Barna just came out with a statistic that says that one third of all Christians have stopped going to church in the post-pandemic days. It used to be that they're watching online. Listen, I'm not coming against online. I have my own program, little plug here with the, with the permission of Pastor Brady. I am online on Facebook every Tuesday, every Saturday. I have my program called It's Miracle Time. People are watching from 110 cities and 52 nations. You know, that's wonderful. I believe in that. But online ministry is never going to replace the place of the church. I thank you for this overwhelming response. Hello? So... 
the thing is, people have stopped watching. They have stopped going to church because many people have their heads down. And so when I, I begin to cross over this year, begin to pray, uh, what is God saying to the church? You know, and this is this Bible verse. It says here, you know, clearly there are many who say that there's no hope for me. There are many who say that there's no hope for me in the Lord. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter, lifter up of my head. Tell somebody next to you, lift your head up. Say it again, lift your head up. This is very important because many of us tend to catastrophize. What does that mean? We, over, we overestimate the problems that we're going through. Hello? You know, we overestimate the danger and we, un, we underestimate our ability to cope or God's ability to deliver us to the extent that the word of God is no longer relevant. And so we are in this place where we find ourselves on a treadmill activity, but not movement. We're stuck into a place of limitations. But what the word of the Lord is for this season, for the body of Christ, for Valdosta, for the world, for the nation, is this, lift your head up. Come on, lift your head up. Open up your gates. And let the king of glory step in. Come on, Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, all ye gates. Open ye everlasting door. And let the king of glory step in. Uh, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong in battle. What God is saying to you is, let your body language prophesy to your circumstance. Come on. The body language is a conscious and unconscious movement and posture by which attitudes and feelings are communicated. In other words, let your body language respond to the faith that comes from the word of God. Lift your head up and open up the gates and let the king of glory step in. Job chapter 4 verse 4. Your word has put me back on my feet. And I'm here to tell you, if you learn how to open up the gate, God's word is going to put you back on your feet. Some people come to church to speculate. Some people come to church to spectate. Some people come to church to pontificate. But God is looking for somebody that will participate. Come on, there will be no revival if Mr. Amen or Mr. Hallelujah or Mr. Glory are not present in the meeting. I wonder if Mr. Amen is here tonight. I said, Job chapter 4 says the word of God will put you back on your feet. Uh, uh, if you can open up the gates and let the king of glory come in. Uh, God's word is going to put your finances back on his feet. It's going to put America back on his feet. It's going to put Europe back on his feet. Come on. Hallelujah. The word Messiah means the anointed one and the anointing. And when we learn to open up the gates, the Messiah steps in with supernatural power. We talk about this extensively yesterday, so I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to continue. So we talk about, there are about seven gates that we have to open up. We understand from Jacob, when he has his dream in Genesis 28, he says, this is not under, not under the house of God, it is the gates of heaven. Alright, so the house of God is the gates of heaven on the earth. That means that when heaven wants to release something, it will go through that gate. 
gates are places of entrance and exit. When you put a gate somewhere, you want to prevent either people from going in or from going out. And it's clear that Jacob says that the house of God is the gates of heaven. And that's all. And in that house of God, we saw that there were tremendous spiritual activities with angels going up and coming down. And so that is in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Paul said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So God will no longer live in the house built by the hand of man, but now he lives inside of you. The Holy Ghost lives inside of you. And the Holy Ghost is the leader in every God-sent revival. And not only the, the church is a gate, but you are the gate. And if you learn how to open up the gate and let the King of Glory step in, the Messiah, he will step in and break the yoke of bondage that the enemy has put in your life. So yesterday we talked about the prayer gate. Somebody say the prayer gate. Oh, yes, we talk about the prayer gate. You have to learn to open up the prayer gate. This is very important. Somebody say prayer. Very important. We work on that yesterday. We talk about communication and navigation, that it goes together. When a pilot wants to fly an airplane, he has to communicate with the control tower in order to navigate well. Prayer our spiritual life can be compared to flying an airplane. You know, prayer is our communication with God. God is like a spiritual control tower. Listen to this. Prayer is the bridge between panic and peace. Hello? Those people that are panicked right now about what's going on in the Ukraine, panic about what's going on in this, in this government, in this country right now. Listen, prayer is the bridge, come on now, between panic and peace. Hello? Listen, prayer is so spiritually dangerous for Satan. It supersedes the limitations of the mortal world. Prayer is immortal. Your prayers will outlive you. It has no boundaries, no marker lines. Prayer holds the ultimate potential. The best the devil can hope is that you don't pray. As much as his strategy is to discourage you from praying at all. As a prayer never pray has zero chance of ever being answered. Hello? And we talk about spatial disorientation, how a pilot that is not instrument rated cannot fly above visibility. He uses his visual to fly. So if he gets into the cloud, he goes through spatial disorientation. Kobe Bryant who died, you know, I'm a fan of the NBA. I'm a former athlete myself. And, and so I follow the story when Kobe Bryant helicopter crashed. And I found out in the report is that his pilot was not instrument rated. Hello? And so when they went into, he, was, he went higher than he should, or the weather, you know, the cloud were that high. And when he got into the, the cloud, he was dis disoriented because he depended on visibility to fly. And so the helicopter hit the top of a mountain and everybody died. And so, but a pilot that is instrument rated, he doesn't depend on his vis visibility to fly. He depends on the instrument. Hello? So he... Depend, he reads the instrument. There might be a lot of wind, storm on the outside of the aircraft, but he relies on the instrument, reads the instrument, and flies with the instrument, and he's not nervous because of the storm and gets you through the storm. Amen? And so when we are praying sometimes and believing God, our faith has to become instrument rated. Faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. Somebody say not seen. 
What does that mean? That means that sometimes, glory be to God, you have to be able to walk with God when you don't see nothing happening and stay consistent in the place of prayer. You have to open up that prayer gate. Hello? Why are you waiting? You have to, you have to, what is the instrument? The word is your instrument. The spirit of God is your instrument. The voice of God is your instrument. Not your feelings, not your emotions. Glory be to God. And while you're waiting, you got to learn, you have to learn, glory be to God, to let the spirit of God lead you. To help, to let the spirit of God give you the direction that you need to take. Romans chapter 8. Glory be to God. Verse 26, we talk about this. Likewise, the Spirit also helped in our infirmities. For we do not know what we, to, we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession. We broke it down in the Greek yesterday. You know, the word weakness, asthenia, simply means infirmity, but it also means the inability to produce result. And we, we do not know how to pray because of our inability to produce results. The Holy Spirit will help us. We talk about it. I'm not going to go into that. But what I want to touch here before I move to the next point is Isaiah 40, 31. So while we are waiting in a place of prayer for our miracles, it says Isaiah 41, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagle. Somebody said they shall run. And not be weary. They shall walk. And not faint. I see here three powerful spiritual movements. That are going to be produced by our posture. When we are waiting in prayer. They, will, they shall mount up with wings like eagle. Somebody say upward. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run. Somebody say onward. And not be weary. Somebody say inward. They shall walk and not faint. So those who wait. Somebody say wait. That's the Hebrew word kava. Kava. And that word kava literally means it's the splice of rope. You know a rope is made out of different strands. Alright. And one strand by itself can be easily broken. But when you add several strands to it. It is much harder to break. And that's the idea of kava, where you have to bind yourself with the word of God. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But if you abide, if you kava, if you abide in me, if you take the word and splice and bind yourself with the word while you're waiting, there's going to be supernatural power that is going to come over you. And he said, you shall mount up with wings like eagle. One of the best illustrations I can use to, to, to demonstrate this uh, Kavar concept is the, is the female eagle. You know, in, during uh, mating season, mating seasons, uh, the female eagle really takes her time to pick up her mate. Hello? She, oh, where are all the single ladies? Come on, she's not a sister, Shanita. Shanita, man, 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 sister Shanita. I need a man that makes me feel like a woman. Or a brother, he need her. I need a woman, 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 woman. I need a woman to make me feel like a man. No, she's not a sister Shanita. That simply means that she takes her time to pick her mate. As a matter of fact, she tests before she trusts. 
And so during mating season, she's flying, and you have all these other dude eagles, you know, they've been, they've been to the gym, and they're, you know, this is the Gipe interpretation, and they, you know, they're flexing the muscle, you know, look at me, man, I've been working out, you know, and she's like, I'm not interested in all of that, I'm going to put you to the test and see what you got. So she goes and grabs one of these huge lugs. I'm telling you, you can watch National Geography. I'm not exaggerating. She flies way up and drops it. Now, if you want to mate with her, you better be a BMW, which means a brother man working. Come on, somebody. You better have a job. Thank you for your support. Ladies, if a man said to you, I love you, you mean you job me? Do you have a job? Because the real love is spelled job in the real world. Oh my gosh, don't raise your hand. I'm not here for a marriage seminar. I got a great book out there that can help you. Listen, she's like, you know, I love you. Do you job me? So she dropped this lug. And whoever wants to mate with her better take a dive and grab it before it hits the ground. Oh, this one just goes in and Superman boy, he lifts it up and take it back up. He's like, I see you. Ha. Then she does it again and again. Why is she doing that? Because when they raise their kids, they, they build their nest, the baby eagles. They build, they build a nest way up high in the mountains. And that nest is very comfortable. The bottom has thorn, but you have skin of different animals and, it's, and feathers. It is very, very comfortable. But there comes a time where they want to kick that teenager eagle that refuses to grow up. Come on, that teenagers that have grown and now doesn't want to get a job. I don't know who is living in the mama's basement at 45 years old talking about my mama. My mama said it's the devil. Now, please don't raise your hand. This ain't an altar call. But anyway, there comes a time when this mama eagle said it's time for you to learn how to fly and be on your own. It's time for you to be on. So they will remove all the comfort of the nest and you have those thorns that are left. And those baby eagles start to feel really, really uncomfortable. It sounds like when God is trying to make you grow up. Come on. He will stir up the nest so you can get out. Well, that's another message for another time. But anyways, so at some point, she will kick that baby out. Those babies started to wonder. Those little eagles started to wonder. Well, I wonder, why is mama so mean? Why is mommy and daddy? Why are they so mean? I better call child protection service. I I need some help. They're trying to kill me. I don't understand. After all these years of taking care of me, hunting for me and feeding me, all of a sudden they want to get me out of the house. Hello? Well, the reason why the, ba the mother eagle does it, they, she knows that if the baby eagles don't learn how to fly, they're never going to survive in the wild. Hello? And so she will kick them out and one by one. So this one, he said, this is it. She's really going to kill me this time. Oh my gosh, I am falling. I'm going to die. I should have called CPS. Now it's too late. They killed me. And that baby is going on a free fall. And that's when the father eagle, before he hits the ground, scoops down at the, at the highest speed and catches that baby and brings it back to the nest. Come on. The first time that happens... That baby said, oh my gosh, thank you, dad. I almost died. Hello? The second time that happens, that baby eagle gets a revelation. 
My daddy can fly faster than I can fall. And the next time that baby is not afraid to take the step to fly. And that's how they learn how to fly. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I'm here to tell you today that your daddy God can fly faster than you can fall. The blood of Jesus has enough power. It's not just a redemptive blood changing your future. Oh, it's changing in your past it's a proactive blood that can go into your future and it can go into your past the righteous will fall seven times but get back up because your daddy can fly faster than you can fall come on somebody and so after she had tested him and she picked him because he was successfully able to pick that log several times the last test and this is where Kovar comes in they go into what is called a courtship dance. Woo. I know some of you have moves. Come on now. They start to break it down. Hello? So they locked talents. She will lock talent with him. And this is Kova. And they will go down in what is called a downward sparrow of death. Hello? They stop flying and they start to fall down. And she will let go just before they hit the ground. She's testing him to know if he has the gut to stay with her until death do us part. And she repeats the process several times before she decides to mate with him. Ladies, take a page from this lesson. Oh my gosh. Hello? And this is the picture of Kava. While you're waiting on God, splice yourself, bind yourself with the word. Speak the word. Stand on the word. In prayer. Believing. Glory, better God. And sometimes you have a deadline coming up and you're saying, God, I am dying. When am I going to get the money to pay this bill? I got a bad report from the doctors. When am I going to get here? Lord, if you don't come through, it is over. You are holding, you're holding, you're holding, you're holding, you're holding. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am not going to make it. And then suddenly a miracle happens. And then you realize you thought that you were holding on God. But you discover that God had you on his grips. And that's how your marriage stayed together. That's how you got healed of cancer. That's how you didn't lose your house. That's how you didn't lose your mind. That's how your kids didn't get killed in that car accident. It was God that was holding you as long as you were standing on the word, binding yourself with the word. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout upward. Those who wait on the Lord shall mount up wings like eagles. Somebody say upward. They shall run. Somebody say onward. They will not faint. Somebody say inward. Somebody say upward. Inward. Onward. Those are prophetic prayer movement. When you wait on the Lord, God is going to give you inward strength, uh, upward strength, uh, onward strength. Uh, so you got to conceive it in prayer, carry it in prayer, birth it in prayer, grow it up in prayer, mature it in prayer. Somebody shout, pray through it. Praise through it. Plow through it. Preach through it. 
Come on. We need to open up the prayer gates. Glory be to God. When we open up the prayer gates, uh, the miracle gates will be open. Uh, lift up your heads. Uh, open up your gates. Uh, and let the King of Glory step in. Uh, who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong in battle. And when he steps in, it is miracle time. It is breakthrough time. Shout glory three times. Somebody shout the miracle gate. The miracle gate. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 3, we begin to see that there was a performance of a miracle. Listen, worry is the greatest temptation you will ever face. But you can resist it. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it takes you nowhere. Your worst enemy is the flesh. The flesh and natural human reasoning will limit you to your own ability. When you look at the circumstances, influences, problems, care, tests, storms, and winds, and you say, I can't. The language of doubt, the flesh, the senses, and the devil is, I can't. I don't have the ability, the opportunity, or the strength. I am limited. But the language of faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. When you talk like this, some people say, you don't have enough sense to worry. Thank you for your support. Don't you understand this is a pandemic? Hello? Listen to this. Don't worry about the nomenclature, the description, the definition, and everything that is going on. Hello? When people say you don't have enough sense to worry, just tell them, I have too much, too much Bible sense to worry. Hello? Somebody say Bible sense. Say this with me, I can. Say it again like you believe it, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is very important. Because cessationalists and dispensationalists are a group of believers in the body of Christ that believe that the days of miracles were over with the death of the 12 apostles. And so they write books against the charismatic movement. They write books against speaking in tongues and say it's from the devil. Hello? And you have a big majority of people in the world, in the body of Christ, that don't believe in the supernatural. Hello? They'll make fun of the church that believes in the supernatural. Until they need a miracle, they come to that church. Hello? They have a t-shirt there. You know, yes, I go to that church. Because every city has a church called that church. Thank you for your support. That church. What church? That church. Where? Ankyo Faith Valdosta. That church. Oh, yeah. They're speaking tongues. Oh, yeah. They believe in casting out devils. Oh, yeah. They believe in the supernatural. Oh, yeah. That church. Some people may make fun of that church. But when they need a miracle, they go to that church. Somebody say, yeah, I go to that church. Hello? So cessationalists and dispensationalists, they say all of this. There's the days of miracles are over, blah, 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 blah. But my answer is this. There was never a day of miracle. There was only a God of miracle. So while generation of preachers may have come and gone, God is still in the miracle business come on somebody tell somebody there's a miracle outside of your gate 
So the scripture we read for tonight's message in Acts chapter 3 is a man that is paralyzed. He is outside of a gate. Hello? He is outside of a gate called beautiful. Now a gate is worse than a door. Why? Because when a gate opens up, you get a glimpse of what is on the other side. When a door opens up, you can't see what is on the other side. But I need some water. But when a gate opens up, you get a glimpse. So think about this for 30 plus years. Excuse me. 30 plus years, he's sitting outside of a gate called beautiful. Hello? And people are walking, passing him by. And it's a sad thing. And the gate is called beautiful. So other people were going about having a beautiful life. As if everybody was playing a game that no one gave him the rules to. He, he was stuck. And being stuck is a bad feeling to have. It's like you have been married with concrete cement. Your feet are buried. You can't move. Stuck in a relationship that doesn't work. Stuck with a disease that you can't be healed from. Stuck with a limitation. Stuck with a problem. Stuck in a bad side of town. Stuck in a zip code. And you just get, 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 you just get lower and lower and lower. The man was outside of the gate called beautiful for 30 plus years. And every day people walked by and they went to the temple. Somebody say church. And inside of the temple... Was the holy of holy that was draped with a veil. So he's in proximity of the presence. In proximity of the power. But he's not changed by that power. There are so many people that go to church. Sunday after Sunday. They come in proximity to the power. But they are not changed by the power. They are not transformed by the power. This was the story of this man. For 30 plus years, close to the power and not changed by the power. Going to church and not be changed by the word that he heard. Hello? But something happened. Somebody say something happened. Oh, something happened. Something happened when? The Bible said at the hour of prayer. At the hour of prayer, when Peter and John came into the temple, at the hour of prayer, I'm here to tell you, the hour of prayer is the hour for miracles. The hour of prayer is the hour for breakthrough. And I'm here to tell you that if you will open up the prayer gate, the miracle gate will open. If you will open up the prayer gate over your marriage, the miracle gate will be open over your marriage. If you open up the prayer gates in Valdosta, the miracle gate will be open in Valdosta. If we open up the prayer gate in America, miracles, the miracle gate will be open in America. You can literally initiate your healing. You can initiate miracles, signs and wonders by opening up the prayer gate. All throughout the Old Testament, every mighty exploit that was done, 
Every time the mercy of God floated into a situation, every time a miracle was performed, someone had faith. Someone had to believe enough to act on his word and open the door, open the miracle door. Daddy Hagan used to say that the door of the supernatural hinges on two things, speaking and believing, believing and speaking. Hello? Jesus died on the cross. He carried your pain. He died for you. People say, well, I didn't see it happen. Well, even those that were there that saw him die, didn't see him carry the pain. Hello? It comes from supernatural knowledge and revelation. Just like you have to have supernatural knowledge and revelation to believe that he carried your pain, that by his stripes you were healed. You couldn't prove it from the natural realm. Hello? So you can't initiate your faith, initiate your miracle by opening the prayer gate. (coughs) Many of us have seen God initiate things like in this service. Word of knowledge, prophetic words, supernatural activities. What? Okay. People saw, you saw God initiating miracles here. Word of knowledge, operation of power, people getting healed supernaturally. And many of us are used to God initiating for us to get healed. We say, God wants to give you a miracle. I say, well, why can't he do it? Why won't he do it? Hello? Now, salvation, God wants everybody to be saved. How come everybody's not saved? Somebody say, I have something to do with it. Somebody say, I have a part to play. Listen, God has tied himself irrevocably to human cooperation in the execution of his divine purpose. He has made man's faith the determining factor in redemption. In other words, sometimes we expect God to do something while God is expecting us to do something. In order, God, in order for God sometimes we expect God to do something while God is expecting us to do something in order for God to do what we expect him to do. God will not do what only God can do if man will not do what only man can do. There's a top line blessing, but there's a bottom line responsibility. Hello? This is what I call the indicative and the imperative. Hello? This is the balanced preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So they say doctrines and duties. Doctrines and duty. Positional and practical. Freedom and responsibility. In Christ and under the Lord. All right. There's a finished work of Christ. All right. What he has done. But it's something that you have to do to experience what God has to do. And sometimes we're waiting on God while God is waiting on us. There were two ladies in the scriptures. Two ladies. I said ladies, but there was a little girl, 12 years old. And there's a woman called the Shunammite. Same scripture. They're having two different manifestations of the same issues. They were both dying. Hello? But the little girl, come on, waited for somebody else to open the miracle gate for her. She's waiting. Hello? And she waited and waited. And die while she's waiting. Hello? Do you know that you can die waiting for a miracle? 
when you refuse to open up the prayer gate yourself, when you refuse to have faith in your own faith, you refuse to go to church, you refuse to exercise what you believe, you can die in regret, waiting, saying, I should have, I could have, I would have, should have, could have, would have. But when you're old enough, perhaps she was too young to take matter in her own hand. But when you're old enough, like the woman with the issue of blood, you get desperate enough. Come on. You open up, glory be to God, the prayer gate, glory be to God. She begin to take some action. She did something about it. She did something. Some of you, you show up tonight, glory be to God. But I'm guarantee you there are people in Valdosta that will do themselves a lot of favor and be in this church right now, but they're at home watching TV. Hello? But when you are old enough, glory be to God, to realize that I cannot sit here and die. Remember the four lepers. Uh, why sit we here and die? If we stay here, we will die. If we go in the city, we will die. Come on, when you get desperate enough, you decide to open up the prayer gate. Glory be to God. And when you open up the prayer gate, the miracle gate will open up. You can initiate your healing tonight, your miracle tonight, by opening the prayer gate, by opening the faith gate. And when you do that, the miracle gate will be open. Somebody shout expectations. Oh, I'm going to bring this home now. Expectations. The scripture says, Peter and John said to him, look at us. He looked at them expecting. Somebody say expecting. Somebody say expecting. He was expecting something. But here's what Peter said. Silver and gold, I have not. Silver and gold, I have not. In other words, you think that what you need to solve this problem is the gold and the silver. But you need much more than that. Hello? You think that some of you think, well, if I can only get a better job. If I can get a, get, if I can get a husband, if I can only get a woman, if I can only get, you think you need the house, you think you need the job, you think you need the man, but what you really need is the power of God. Oh, it's too quiet in this Presbyterian church. What Peter and John were saying, glory be to God, you think you need the silver, you think you need the gold, but what you really need is the power of God. And I'm here to prophesy to you that when you get the power, the power will give you the gold, the power will give you the silver, the power will give you the man, the power will give you the woman, the power will give you the big house, the power will give you the big car, the power will open the door, the power will multiply your money, the power will give you the health, the power, what you need is the power of God. Shall glory three times. Shall glory three times. So sometimes the reason why we don't get it is because we have the wrong kind of expectation. Somebody say misguided expectations. People say, well, if the Lord is really going to heal me, I want a sign. I want a sign. I want to see a rainbow in the sky. I want to see the hair on the back of my hair stand up. Then I will really, really believe. We put fleas, misguided expectations. 
Hello? Some people have negative expectations. They catastrophize. Oh, I got a headache. I must have a tumor right now. I'm dying. Oh, my gosh. I got a little spot on my back. Maybe that's skin cancer. They, when they get a little symptom, they believe the worst of everything. Negative expectations. Hello? Some people have negative expectations. Pessimistic faith. No matter what they do, they always believe they will come up with a shorthand of the stick. Negative expectations. Hello? But then they are positive. Somebody say positive. Positive expectation. Oh, Ora Robert used to say, expect a miracle. Somebody say, expect a miracle. Oh, expect a miracle. Glory be to God. Expect a miracle. Glory be to God. Expect a miracle. You got to say things like, I am going to be healed. Glory be to God. I'm not a sick man trying to be healed. I am a healed man that the devil is trying to make sick. I'm not a broke man trying to be wealthy. I am a wealthy person that the devil is trying to make broke. Oh, he took my poverty on the cross. He took my sickness on the cross. Glory be to God. Redemption pushed me back into a pre-Adamic fall adjudication oh when man fell in sin he didn't just fall in sin he fell in from his place of dominion but jesus put us back in the place of dominion i am seated with christ in the heavenly places let the kingdom rise in power oh glory better god it's a battle between my position and my condition but my condition is never bigger than my position when i stand in my position god's word is the final authority i believe believe I'm going to get healed. I believe the doors are going to open. I believe my children are going to be healed. I believe God is doing something supernatural in America. I believe, I believe. Therefore, I receive. Stand up tonight. Say this after me, for it is written. Himself, Jesus, took my infirmities. And bear my sicknesses. What he bore. I need not bear. Because he bore them. I am free. Free from sickness. And disease. I know that this is true. Because I believe. The word of God. Said this after me. It is written. Himself Jesus. Took my infirmities. And bear my sicknesses. What he bore, I need not bear, because he bore them. I am free. I know that this is true, because I believe. I believe. I am not a feeler. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer. I believe good things are happening in me. Something good is going to happen in my finances, in my body. In my relationship, in my finances, this is going to be the greatest year of my life. In 2022, I declare my head is lifted high. My gates are open and the King of Glory steps in with signs, wonders, and miracles. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong in battle. It is miracle time. Hallelujah. So tonight, first of all, we already, you know, this message was demonstrated before we preach it. 
Hello? How many of you saw miracles happening here tonight? Let me explain to you what happened. Have you ever flown somewhere? And you get there earlier than you're supposed to? And they put you on the holding pattern? This is what happened in the beginning of the service. We got there in a place of miracles before the, service, before the word was preached. But now, you don't want to take this for granted. You can be in a meeting like that where you see miracles, the power of God, and you walk away without taking God with you. Hello? Knowing how to swim does not make you a fish. Going to church does not make you a child of God. Hello? To be a fish, you must be created by God as a fish. To be a child of God, you must be born again and repent from your sins. I'm talking to three kinds of people. Number one, if you're here, you never ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. Number two, maybe you ask Jesus to come into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, but you're not living right. Your life is not in alignment with the Word of God. Or number three, maybe you're here tonight and you don't have eternal security. Meaning you're not sure that if you die today, you'll go to heaven. I'm talking to you right now. The Bible says, if anyone being Christ is a new creation, all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. This is what I call the miracle of transformation. It doesn't matter what you've done with who you've done it, how long you've done it. The blood of Jesus has enough power to erase your old life and give you a brand new life. If you're here tonight in one of those three conditions, you say, pray for me. I want to receive the miracle of transformation. I want you to raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I repent from all my sins. And I declare that Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. I receive the miracle of transformation. Transformation in my mind. Transformation in my spirit. And transformation in my body. I will never be the same. Never, never again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Secondly, I think one of the second things that you need is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yesterday I talked about the miracle of the lady that the Lord used me to raise from the dead in a hospital. In front of two doctors and four nurses. This was featured on a secular television station, Channel 4. On prime time. With the interview with the doctors. In that prayer, in that, in that emergency room. I was praying in tongues when the woman came back to life. They asked the doctor, what did you do in the room to bring this woman back to life? The doctor said, we didn't do anything special. But the entire time, the big black man was speaking some jungle language. When the woman came back to life. Hello? Tonight, listen, this is not, I was not speaking. A yeah, big black man checked. 
But I was not speaking a jungle language. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. Hello? The Holy Ghost is a powerful tool. The reason why the devil is fighting so many Christians from praying in tongues, it is because he knows that when you pray in tongues is a secret weapon. He that speaks in tongues speaks divine secret. The Bible says mysteries. Jude said it's building yourself up. Have you ever had a phone that has gone down to you and they said we're going to go on lower mode because you got 20% of battery life left and then you recharge it and within an hour or less it's fully charged to 100%. That's what praying in tongues will do. Hello? You got to be filled. And actually, when you read it carefully in some places, it says you have to continually be filled. Why? Because you leak. Hello? Thank you for your support. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, patience, perseverance, kindness. Have you ever found yourself being caught on the highway? And you wanted to say something that you couldn't say in church? And you went, Hello? I've done that. What are you doing? I'm praying in tongues because I don't want to say something else. Hello? Thank you for your support. So you need to learn how to pray in the spirit. But also this is powerful. I have been, you know, even not too long ago, in the car. And I received a message of tongues and an interpretation. And within 24 hours... I saw what happened, what I prophesied coming to pass. I was driving with my wife. We were in Orlando, Florida. And I just, I just heard a tongue. And I prayed out. And I interpreted, slow down. And I slowed down. And just as we got there to the crossroad, a car was coming, speeding. And another car was coming on the left. That car hit this car. If I didn't slow down, that car was going to hit us head on collision. Hello? So it's a supernatural tool that when you learn to use effectively, you are going to be a dangerous person. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website, at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.